Banter Mites. Wow. It is so good to have you back. You guys are just the apples of my eye, or, ap or eyes of my apple. Not quite sure. Today we're talking about a lot of things, um, mostly uh, British things, like Aston Martins, people with bad accents, scenes that happen only in Europe, hopefully Judy Dench, who is only second to the Queen herself. And all that's because we're talking about James Bond. Actually, I think that cool. should be Cool, we the, did it. <laughs> that should be the thing. No music, that's it. That's the music. Yeah. Cool. Well, anyway, jumping right in, because this is going to be one of the most chill episodes of Banter I Hardly Know Where You've Ever Listened To with your tiny little ear holes. That means Perry didn't um, actually give me any instructions this week. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really plan anything. We've just been watching Bond, and we brought on an expert in James Bond lore, Mr. Nathan DeMars. Say hi, Nathan. Hello. Hello. And Nathan, why do you call yourself a so-called Bond expert? Um, I Is it think because I love you it. are really good at buying good Bonds from the stock market? <sighs> I don't no, I'm actually really bad <laughs> at that part. Um, I... I, I I don't know why. I guess I'm just obsessed with it. I think, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've seen every movie, and I've, I've read some of the books. So, oh, well, you've read the books. That's impressive. No way. Yeah, about yeah. about as obsessed as you can get with it. As when a, uh, a when did you thing. realize that you were obsessed with James Bond? Um, I think the first time I ever watched a movie was probably like ten years old, because you really can't get into it. At least as a parent, you probably can't show your kids that kind of movie. That's fair. At a young age. And so I'm, I'm a blonde guy. And the first Bond movie I saw was Daniel Craig. And mm. he's just a, a handsome blonde guy who, who just kills a bad guy, gets the girl. And that kind of made an impact on me. And I, I loved it from a young age. Amazing. Which one <laughs> was the first Toxic masculinity one from a young age. I, um, the first one I saw was Casino Royale. At like maybe, Probably about 10 years old. That's wow. incredible. So not only not only promiscuity and alcohol, but gambling too. Yeah, exactly. And murder. All the things that, you know, a young boy should aspire to be, you know, I That's... just saw it from a young age. You know, question. When it's murder for hire, is it actually murder or is it just a job? I think it's actually murder. Oh, well. <laughs> I brought That's you frankincense and myrrh. Murder. Judas. But when you're good looking, it's you're allowed to do it. So right, and when you're British, also, I think it yeah. adds a little extra. Yeah. So we've all seen No Time to Die now. Mm -hmm. When did, when mm -hmm. did you guys watch it? Sunday, I think. Was it Sunday? Yeah. To together, on a cute little date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nathan drove nice. all the way to see me just so we could go watch it. Oh yeah. my goodness! So nice. Okay, Nathan, I'm gonna ask you first since you've seen every single Bond movie. At first impulse where in the what is it 25 26 25 25 um where would in that what range would you throw no time to die in on your list ranking um probably right between 
Oh gosh. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about as objectively as I can, probably 10 to 15 range. Okay. So kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. Middle but of the solid. Pack. Mm-hmm. Right on. What did you guys think when you watched it? What are some of the highlights? Some of the lowlights? Overall thoughts? Hmm. You go first, West. I think highlight, Nathan and I talked about this right when we walked out, but one highlight is just the entire opening sequence. Just beautiful to watch. Tons of action. Tons of fun. Honestly, any scene that Daniel Craig is in, I thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> Which is most of them. Um low lights i did not like the new 007 i did not like her at all um Mm. and i also did not like when she was like i think we should reinstate him as 007 i was just like no what i really wanted was for him to just take it from her and give it to him without her asking that's what i really wanted Mm. and then when she was invited to the little little uh, whiskey drinking session or scotch or whatever it was and they're like to james i'm like you don't deserve to be there you're not you're not actually in this circle. Hmm. That's Fair what enough. I thought. Also, M's little tantrums I did not enjoy. Hmm. And that's why we des- that's why we need Judy Dench in the world. Yeah, rip rip Judy Dench. I mean, she's not. She's dead, still alive, Perry. She's still alive. <laughs> M. Rip Judy Dench is M. <laughs> that that's my that's my immediate takeaways. Nathan? No, on to me. Um, I don't agree with Wes. I, I really, really did enjoy uh, the opening sequence and, and really anything before the credits, um, which, you know, usually comes somewhere after a cold open so, uh, of sorts. And um, I thought the, uh, the Matera scene was well done. I think it was probably the best scene in the movie uh, when they were in the car and they were, they were getting shot at. I do think that was probably... Both Daniel Craig and Leah Sadie's best performances in the entire movie. I really did enjoy that. Um, I felt like there was a lot of celebration of Bond and celebration of Daniel Craig throughout the film, which I think is one of the reasons that I like the movie so much. Um, so those were probably my highlights. Um, lowlights, I think I really, really did enjoy Rami Malek's performance, but I felt like the villain was very underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. And you really have no idea why he wanted to kill millions of people. You you had a reason why he wanted to kill Spectre, and he wanted to uh, be attached to Madeline, and, and or really to kill Bond as well, because um, he was in his way. But there was really no explanation as to why he wanted to kill millions of people. And for as good of, of a job as Rami Malek did, he didn't get enough screen time, and we didn't get enough understanding of him as a villain. I think that was probably... One of the more disappointing parts, especially considering the movie was still almost three hours and we didn't get much of a villain. Yeah. We all agree on the on the idea that the opening scene is the best part. Phenomenal. Honestly, beautiful uh, Italy. Right. And just like everything that's happening before that opening credits. Oh my goodness! Some of the best stunts, like when he jumps off the bridge, or when he ramps that view from when he ramps the the motorcycle up. Yeah, super awesome opening scene. It gets pain for me. It got painfully slow for a while. Like it's like opening scene. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm loving this. And then you get into it, and there's like an hour and a half that I was like, because it is two hours and forty five minutes. I was like, wow, this is going real slow. 
and then the end kind of picks back up a little bit again uh, and gives a nice. I, I I also see what you're saying about like a lot of celebration of Bond. They definitely mm-hmm. there's a lot of little Easter eggs towards the other Bond movies, um, mm-hmm. like talking about like you know they go to the grave of um, whatever the girl's name Jess Vesper oh, Vesper Leontio Vesper and go to her grave and then. Uh, talk about yeah. I mean, you got Spectre involved in the movie. They talk about like they give little Easter eggs of like, oh, you're the one who shot James. You know, that's a Skyfall reference, and yeah, just all kinds. Of, I mean, they bring back in um, what's the guy from Casino Royale that played Felix poker Slider. with him, Felix Slater. Yeah, and bring him back, and yeah, just all kinds of uh, Easter eggs to other Daniel Craig movies. Uh, I would say what Wes, you said, I actually kind of liked that the girl, I mean, you could tell this movie made an effort to kind of crush the stigma, the bond stigma of like the only women are for sex appeal. Like that's totally been a bond stigma. Every, like all the women super objectified. Uh, and I think I could tell that they tried to crush that a little bit, uh, on multiple occasions with anima, uh, Ana de Armas, uh, like just not being interested in bond like you know bond mm-hmm. making a little move on her and her being like oh sorry no i'm here for a mission kind of thing um and just you know not in a, not in a super like in your face way either and then with the girl that's the new 007 like well you said that they should just take it from her and give it to bond well i felt like that i like i liked how they didn't do that because that would have been i feel like that was like them giving a message that like bond respects 007 and is not going to just come in and be the man that takes back his 007 from the woman um and he allow he like respects her and allows her to to uh keep that title and then she decides she needs to give it to him for the last mission um and i'm realizing that people who haven't seen the movie probably don't understand at all what we're saying about the 007 title and then whatever but uh yeah i liked that um but yeah great beginning great ending a lot of stuff in there in the middle that was real slow. They could have taken out the whole Ash character, I think. Yeah, he like, wasn't the whole great. Plot line with him and honestly Felix. I feel like I feel like him and Felix don't need to be in the movie at all. I think Felix Felix was a was like a it was a heart grab for us. Yeah, it was like reminding us of another movie and then and then trying to get give more motivation for bond i guess throughout um for him getting back involved i guess and, but like yeah the, the ash character doesn't need to be there at all and it's like that's like 30 minutes right there of like yeah anyway that they could just remove it, it was two. a fun kill though it was a fun kill to watch <laughs> yeah but it was so like quick and easy it felt you know well that's because he wasn't that cool you know he wasn't Fast. that hard to kill they called him Book of Mormon. That's just that was just hilarious. That was hilarious <laughs> when they called him Book of Mormon. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that was well done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For me, so I the, in the last week. So before before that movie, I had seen only Skyfall and Spectre. And in the last couple weeks, uh, let's see, since the fourth of October, I have seen Casino Royale, From Russia with Love, Goldeneye. No time to die, Skyfall, and then the Spy Who Loved Me. So, been been on the Bond terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I, I guess I should say that No Time to Die is like a is is a pretty similar 
uh, assessment for me to Nathan as well. It'd be like probably like a seven, seven and a half out of ten, maybe seven and a quarter out of ten. Like it was fun. I think it could have been a better movie if they took a lot out of like took some things out of the middle to make it a little faster, faster paced. But solid movie for sure. Oh yeah, a blast. I should just start, and we should just open up this discussion about who is the best. Is Daniel Craig the best Bond? Yes. To ever live. Now that he's yes. now that he's done. West. Yes. No question. No. No question. No. West. How many Bonds have you seen? Uh, several. I mean, let's be honest. Pierce Brosnan is a butt crack. Like it's just not good. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sean Connery, solid. I mean, the OG. Um, and there's that dude that's just like makes a bunch of really bad jokes, and the one, that, and he's the one that goes to space. I don't remember his real name. Roger Moore. Roger Moore, yes. And then the rest are just like you know, little kind of like one and duns or two and duns. So mm. it's Daniel. Well, you Craig. got Timothy I mean, Dalton did a bunch, right? Didn't yeah, Timothy Dalton do quite a few? He did two of them. Yeah. Oh, just two. It's. I love Daniel Craig. I think Daniel Craig is everything James Bond should be, but that's just me. I I, I agree. Um, I'm a bit of a homer though, just because you know all of us grew up with Daniel Craig, and for the reasons I already mentioned, um, he's my favorite. But I, I do think that he is he's benefited by the fact that the movies are 21st century, mm-hmm. and and so is sort of the content of a movie that we want to. That you want to see is much more appealing than when you look back to the to the ones in the 60s and the 70s uh and when you think about roger moore that's back when james bond was very was very goofy the gadgets were excessive the plot lines were ridiculous and and just um there's a lot of the witty one-liners uh, that sort of defined those movies and even to some of somewhat of a lesser degree the sean connery um i think that people at if you ask anybody who their favorite bond is that's been around the franchise for a long time they will say sean connery just because he was the one who laid all the groundwork really defined what the character you know could and should be um but like like i said i think that um daniel craig is benefited by the fact that his movies are made so recently and that i think sort of just makes it a lot um easier for the audience to sort of uh, align um, with him and with uh, sort of the plots, I think, a little bit easier. He's less of a uh, dinosaur, and I think the the way he interacts with people is a little more PC nowadays. Yeah, I I totally agree with that after watching some of these older movies for the first time. Uh, It is just, it honestly, it blows my mind that some of these movies were rated like PG. Like... The opening, the opening, like, like song credits for a lot of these movies are like graphic. A lot of them, and it's yeah. like, how are these PG? <laughs> like, what? Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Just, I mean, in general, with action movies and being someone that is from, like, grew up in the '90s and 2000s, like, older effects like aren't as compelling to me um like i mean some of the fight scenes from from russia with love uh mm-hmm. like while the plot is pretty pretty good pretty compelling uh the fight scenes are like i don't know there's just the the way to like 
do fight scenes is so much less realistic than nowadays and like you could see like when someone got shot that they would like slap themselves in the arm or something and the like their arm would go right to the spot where they would you know where they had like a blood bag uh under their costume and they would like crush the blood bag so that it would look like blood like you know so you could like see this kind of stuff pretty obviously when you're watching these old movies and then like the, the choreographed fights and like the punching and all that stuff so that's why I definitely lean towards the the Daniel Craig because the effects are just so modern and so much better and the fight scenes are huge leap up. But I I mean I'd say I like John Connery a lot as the character as like the character. Roger Moore has a great look as well. Um and he he's a pretty good actor. I when I watched The Spy Who Loved Me, I that girl, uh Barbara Bach, I think is her name in that movie she's like a robot like i was convinced that at some point she would just be a robot because the lines that she was giving were just like she never never changed pitch the whole movie but roger moore's pretty good i enjoyed that yeah so do you guys have a favorite non-daniel craig movie bond movie obviously because that's what we're talking about wes i really like goldfinger to be honest goldfinger is that the the third third sean connery second one? or third second or, second or third it's it's the third um because it's I, dr I think, no russia we, with love and then that one yeah yeah goldfinger i think is kind of not to be too on the nose but the gold standard when it came to the, uh, the bond movies because uh. um, it just had all the elements and i think that that one is also historically probably one of the best i think my my favorite was the one that came after which was thunderball mm. um I, I enjoyed that one a little bit more than Goldfinger. Um, I think just because I, I like the, the setting and the villain a little more. And um, but, I, but Goldfinger was very good. Um, I, I did enjoy the first one as well, Doctor No, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Sean Connery era is the the other uh, era of Bond movies that I enjoyed the most. How many Sean Connery list. movies are there? Uh, he did uh, seven, I believe. Um, yeah, so he did Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, he only, um, he only lived twice, and then he did Diamonds Are Forever, and, um, he, he did the, the non-Eon syndicated one, uh, Never Say Never Again as well. Hmm. And then, so there was, but didn't he, like, retire, and then, was it, like, George mm-hmm. Lazenby or something did one? Yeah, George and Lazenby did back. one in between. Interesting. Wes, what's your favorite non-Craig Bond? I told you. Did you? Was, oh, yeah, I, you said Goldfinger. Yeah. That's right. You did say Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. My bet, my bet. I haven't seen that one. That's the one with, like, the, the, the all-gold corpse, right? Yes. 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 Like and he's got, like, for that. the all-gold... He's got, like, the all-gold gun. Um, yeah, the golden gun. When I was golden watching gun, it... It's a different movie. Is it really? The man, the man with the, with golden, the golden gun, gun is an entirely different guy. Entire, no, Gold, uh, Goldfinger had a golden movie. gun. Did he? Yes, he did. I saw it. And I was like, ah, makes sense. I promise. Oh, okay. I promise. Huh. I think my favorite part about Goldfinger was the scene where Bond is like strapped to a table and they're about to cut him in half with a laser. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was like, man, the people in the 60s must have lost their mind over that. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I think that's something that, one, it's a little outlandish, even now. But just, like, seeing that in the 60s, I'm just like, wow. I'm sure 
they went crazy. I'm sure they thought that that effect was so cool. Um, and I'm sure some people were like, I want to see it. I want to see him get cut up. Let's see what this looks like. But... <laughs> yeah. And then they, then Braveheart came out and they had the opportunity. Oof. That's tough. To see the main character. No, there's literally, I heard, I learned this the other day, random's tangent, that there's like, there was like an original cut of Braveheart that showed like the like guts and stuff of, of, uh, Mel Gibson's character, yeah, William Wallace, getting like, uh, yeah, just like his his body being torn apart. They like graphically showed it, and people were like vomiting in some of the test screenings or something, and so they took it out. Something like that. I, I, it, was, it was my roommate who told me that. Um, so just a weird. Well, Barry, that's a little gra- that's a little fact. graphic. Um, so thankfully, much, yeah. thankfully, and- if, if you know these PG Bond movies, PG thirteen, some of the recent ones, they you know don't go that far with gore. Thankfully, everybody just kind of. You just hear a meow, and then somebody flies, you know, across the room. So, but uh, wow. yeah, I haven't seen Goldfinger. I haven't seen Goldfinger. Out of the ones I watched, uh, so I, I think I enjoyed From Russia with Love the most out of the non-Craig ones. I really didn't like Goldeneye all that much. Um, really. Yeah, it was just the weirdest. So I have a thing, I have like a pet peeve with movies that try to like build character relationships like out of nowhere, like just for mm-hmm. the, just for the like the love aspect or whatever. I don't know, but so like I need I need solid grounding of these relationships, and in Goldfinger they try to give us this whole like, like the girl the Bond girl you know stereotypical Bond girl is not even really like she's not with bond until the middle of the movie um and they like meet each other as they're getting captured basically they get captured the first time they're meeting each other and then like basically they're in like a a room with like one of the big bad guys and then she gets like taken hostage by other big bad guy and a chase scene ensues as soon as chasing is over they are like they're like madly in love apparently like mm-hmm. I was just like I was like wait a second you met like as you were getting captured your only exposure was in the room with the bad guy uh, about to get like killed or something and then and then chase scene and Susan after chase scene you are now like like soulmates and I'm like I, I missed the character progression there but uh, that's not my only problem with the movie I don't know it was just kind of it felt cheesier it felt like I don't know not as cohesive but uh, yeah, that one is um, Pierce Brosnan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also I I did like yeah I said I liked From Russia with Love. I thought that one had a pretty pretty good plot story for the most part. And Sean Connery is just kind of a beast. Um, the Spy Who Loved Me. I wanted to watch a Roger Moore uh, movie, and it was it was it was solid. Um, I think this the they went upgrade on some of the like cool gadgets and stuff like the car the mm-hmm. dry like the car in the water even though that whole fight scene with the car in the water was pretty cheesy, um, yeah. it's like they're playing around in a pool but uh, the car that does go, like that is in the water is pretty dope honestly the car itself um, yeah they definitely upgraded with some of the like gadgets and settings and props and uh, so that was neat but nothing tops the Daniel Craig's for me obviously I think. So watching Casino Royale for the first time, Wes and I talked about it 
on last week's episode. Um, and I had no idea talking. it was your first time, which blew my mind. Yeah, it was my first time watching it. Yeah, and it was it was okay, but I expected it to be better. You you didn't think it was that good? It was like a three out of five. Casino Royale. Like, yeah. Wow, that's a bold take. Yeah, wrong. I'm not going to go back through my entire opinions because they are already on podca- podcast form, so I don't want everybody to have to listen to me say them twice. But uh, but yeah, that one was was maybe a little bit a little bit let down. But I think it's only because I like Skyfall so much. I watched that again uh, again yeah, Skyfall two, is so good. two nights ago. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's so good, and it still holds so up. So good. Um, that's as my that's interesting. favorite. I think favorite Bond movie. I like I I'd like Skyfall more than Casino Royale, but I think I think if you ask most people, Casino Royale was consi- considered the better of of the two when it came to the Daniel Craig or Bond. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Something about Skyfall. There's like some kind of like mystery aspect to Skyfall that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. That's a little not just not there with a lot of the other ones. I haven't actually seen Quantum of Solace, but I've heard that one's kind of bad. Um, yeah, that one's a little bit, bit rough. But he does yeah. do a personal kill in Quantum of Solace, which is kind of fun. Hmm. Right, Nathan? He like drops what? a dude off in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very end. Yeah. There, there are some redeeming qualities in Quantum of Solace. I, I really did it. I, I don't mind that one as much as Spectre. Because Spectre is, is is very dull. It's very slow. Yeah. And, and you, you can really just tell that Daniel Craig was just not in it as much as he was in any of the other movies. And um, But Quantum of Solace, in comparison to, to the two sort of lower tier of the Daniel Craig Bonds, uh, I, I think was better than – I do think Quantum was better than Spectre. The opening scene to Quantum of Solace, I think, is one of the better in all of uh, James Bond with the car chase and in – I don't think the villain was as bad, and um, yeah, I, I don't think Quantum was that bad. Hmm. Speaking of villains, are there any like villains that that just stand out to you? If I was to say like, name three Bond villains that are just like the quintessential like essence of villainy. Um. Well, see, the, the problem with um with that question is like because sometimes like the like the villains are sort of used over again, and they have like. A continuing relationship with the plot of James Bond as it moves throughout its movies, like like Blofeld, which was kind of used in the Daniel Craig era, but not to the degree it was used back in, say, the Sean Connery days. Um, so I think obviously he is the, the most prevailing and the best villain, but he had such, such a bigger role in some of the older movies. Um, so I think if I was just going to talk about Daniel Craig or some of the more re- recent ones, I do think that I do think that uh, the villains from Casino Royale and Skyfall are probably the the best that the uh, Bond has seen in recent years, just because I, I think for one is is sort of a a reasonable goal that the villain has, and I think that's something that's, that Bond has always sort of not, not struggled with, but sort of overinflated um, is that sometimes their goal is it's just world domination or killing millions of people like in the most recent one. And you, you don't really see that as an audience, but uh, in Casino Royale, it's just about like a desperate man backed into a corner. And, and then in Skyfall, it's, it's just a revenge story. Um, and that you, you could almost understand. And so I think that's one of the reasons they were 
I mean, so much better as, as a villain than any of the other other movies. And two was, I think, his screen time. And that's one of the reasons I, I didn't enjoy Safin in the last movie was they just wasn't on, in the movie very much. But at least in Casino Royale, you're with the villain the throughout time, the entire movie. Which is crazy. And there's, there's, yeah, there's a constant relationship between James Bond and Le Chiffre, who is the, the villain in that movie. And that, that makes it really compelling. It, it builds a relationship. Um, and, and one thing that I, I was going to mention when you're talking about GoldenEye is uh, they, they almost sort of accelerate two relationships in that. One being the relationship between him and the, the Bond girl. Um, and two is him and the relationship with his relationship with the, uh, the villain, which turns out to be, you know, Sean Bean in that movie, 006. Uh, he's, he's a former Bond, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, a former MI6 agent. And you sort of have an accelerated relationship that you have to infer from the beginning of the movie. And you don't really get any dynamic between him and, and Sean Bean doing that movie. So it doesn't make him a very compelling villain either. Mm. That's true. I, I love the, uh, there was a joke in, uh, in no time to die. I think where he's talking to, um, Q and he was giving him his gadgets, which is really just, uh, or maybe this, no, this might've been Skyfall. Skyfall actually. Yeah. Skyfall. Yeah. Skyfall. Uh, or Q's giving him his gadgets and he's like, what did you expect an exploding pen? And because I've seen Goldeneye now, I was like, ah, I get that now. So that yeah. was fun. <laughs> yeah. that, that's one of the reasons that Daniel Craig bonds are so, so well received is that they moved kind of away from these goofy gadgets into, yeah. into real plot and to real action. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. like almost believable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But almost. I will, one almost. thing I did like about Goldeneye was that it was kind of corresponding to, the game I played as a kid, GoldenEye N64. N64 GoldenEye. I used to play that with my dad. And like the first, like the beginning of the movie was basically the first level of the game yeah. on, on the dam, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was neat because I played that game a ton as a kid and never seen the movie. And just, I kind of had just figured that like that was just like a generic James Bondy thing. But I was like, no, this is a specific movie. Um, mm-hmm. So. That was cool. Yeah, that that uh that video game is considered one of the greatest of all time, believe it or not. Yeah, and how often are like movie video game like video games that are are from movies? How often are they good? Not often, I feel like. I mean, yeah. Lego uh, Star Wars is one of the best things ever made. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think Let of me like, just say. like you know, movies that come from games a lot of times are pretty bad too. Like, I just saw a trailer for the Uncharted movie today. And I'm stoked out of my mind for it because Uncharted was like my favorite game series for years. Um, And Tom Holland's playing a young Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg's playing a younger Sully. Um, So yeah, I'm super excited for it, but I'm also like weary because these movies are typically bad when, when they take a game, a popular game and try to make a movie out of it. But I think they're on a good track uh, judging by the um, trailer I've seen. So that's a side tangent, but yeah, it's just crazy that I look back and I'm like, man, this was a super good game. And it was just after like a random bond movie that wasn't honestly that good. Um, like there was, I had a Scooby-Doo game as a kid that was garbage. It was garbage, mm. but it was like, <laughs> Wait. it was like, yeah, a little Scooby-Doo N64 game. Oh, I couldn't get past the second level. It. That's why it's garbage. I had a Scooby-Doo game for the original Xbox. That was a blast. It was so good. I actually, so I had a James Bond game too, 
but I don't know what movie it was based off of. It was not GoldenEye, I'm pretty sure. It's called and the, it was, the I, Scooby-Doo I, game was called Classic Creep Capers. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> the uh, the only James Bond video game I ever got was GoldenEye Remastered, which mm. came out in like 07. And that one, that Game one Cube? was sort of after. I, I think we, I think my mom got it. For, we got it for the Wii, and my mom got it for me sort of after she realized how much seeing the movie piqued my interest in this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I remember that that one. It, it's the exact same game as GoldenEye, the original, but they just remastered it as Daniel Craig as the Bond. Oh, and so they, and so they, they just put him. It, they just pasted his face wherever Pierce Brosnan's would be in the original, and they added his audio. And that that was that was a lot of fun as a game. As wow, well. that sounds like a that sounds a lot like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but is it is it still based on Goldeneye, Nathan? It the plot is a Goldeneye. That's as well. yeah. that's so basically they just it's, said it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So basically, they just but said they have Pierce the Brosnan, gun in it. you're bad. <laughs> they basically yeah, said Pierce Brosnan, you're bad, and everybody likes Daniel Craig, so we're gonna just sub him in. Yeah. I really like the idea of this just fraternity of people we have that are Bond actors. Because now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really anticipatory to see who's the next one. Yeah. Like, I really want to know. Who do you got? It's going to be exciting. Who's some of your your pitches? So, hear me out. Hear me out. Tom Holland. No. (laughs) Although I did forget he was British until right now, which means he would work. (laughs) Maybe maybe young. Tom Holland in fifteen years. He's too young. He's too, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, way too young. A few years down the line, yeah. I what? Hear me out, Henry Cavill. That's what I was gonna say too. See, he's, he, he's a popular choice, but he's Superman. Not anymore. He quit. <laughs> yeah, no, but you, the, the, they always use an actor that's kind of like partially not well known. And I guess Henry that's Cavill true. has just had too many big roles at this point. Well, who would you think, Nathan? What British man would you like? Um, I, I, um, like I, I know there's like a lot of uh, Idris Elba, and I don't have a problem with Idris Elba being Bond. I do think he's a little old because hmm. Roger Moore. If you if you watch his movies, you think he's kind of old, and he started in his mid forties. Idris Elba's already in his mid fifties. I just don't think that's fair. He could possibly put out more than maybe one or two movies, and he'll look sluggish. I feel in them. Um, my choice would be James Norton, who I don't know if you guys. Mm, I've heard, heard that. I've heard that name. The the original Hulk uh, actor. The original. That's um, Edward Norton. Bruce Banner. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and he's American. No, James, James Norton. Is Norton. American. Oh, really? Yeah, he's British. I wouldn't. Edward Norton is not the choice I was going for. There. Okay, he's not been in much. <laughs> it looks like. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I also think. Um, Henry Golding is is an is a little more of a unconventional choice, um, and uh-huh. he's he's from Crazy Rich Asians and The Gentleman, but he's British. I do think he has a powerful, suave look that can master Bond as much as a Daniel or anybody else. That could have. be fun. Hmm. Hmm, I'm looking oh, at a those list are good picks, of, Nathan. Of some, somebody said. Well, they're R- not really Richard my Madden. picks. They're just. Somebody hmm? said. Somebody said Richard Madden. Yeah. See, he. Um. I think he'd be okay. Like, like, like Henry Cavill's problem is that he has just been in so much recently. He's been in the Bodyguard. And he's, he's not going to be in Eternals. this Marvel's movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's so, been in uh Someone said Game Dan Stevens. And, um Someone says Dan George Stevens. McKay from from 1917. I actually that could be good cuz he's pretty not he's like not really well known, but he could he could do it. Yeah. Interesting. And they also have they, they usually can't be younger than 30 usually. Yeah. Well, no, cuz it would take know, forever to become a double O. We talked about on the BMC that uh, Henry Cavill was like in consideration for the like Bond in when Daniel Craig was hired, but then they just mm-hmm. decided he was too young. Yeah. So I don't know if they'd come back around to him. I, interestingly enough, uh, I know some people are like, "Oh, this you know whatever the girl's name like Naomi or whatever is going to be the next Bond," mm-hmm. but uh, Barbara Barbara Broccoli, um, yeah, the producer slash I think maybe used to be a director. I don't know, but the producer. Um, yes. said specifically that Bond can be like from anywhere. Like, like he doesn't have to be a white man with with dark hair, but he is he is male. Is what mm-hmm. and is what and said, he's so. and he's English. And he's yeah. English. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, George Lazenby was actually Australian. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah. No, I, and I, I agree. Uh, Barbara Broccoli is the daughter of. Uh, Albert Broccoli, who was the first person to start to produce James Bond back in the sixties. Um, and, um, I, I do agree. I, I think that. Why does Barbara Daniel Broccoli Craig sound like a Veggie Tales character? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kinda, it is a funny last name. Yeah. Barbara Broccoli, Broccoli, Broccoli. You are the one for me. <laughs> but Daniel, Daniel Craig also said that he felt that, um, there should be design roles for women and women of color and they shouldn't just have to, to conform to a male role. And I think that is, I guess like a really great answer and a, and a great point for somebody who would feel compelled to just stick a woman into James Bond's sort of mm-hmm. mold and to try to make a movie around that when it, when I mean, you think about it and you want to stay true to where the character was written, which was a man, I, I just don't see how it could be conventionally just changed to a woman and, I, I do think that there's a point that if there wants to be a movie of a similar type of character, then why not just make another character that right and you design a character for a woman? Mm. And I think that that's, that's a good point. And I think that I do think that I agree with Barbara Broccoli. He can be black. He can be Asian. He can be, he, he, he can be a man. He can be any man really. He can master a really good English accent, but I think he, I think he needs to be a man. It's always been my opinion. Yeah. Of it. I think he should be English regardless, just saying. Just feel like it feel like it just feeds who the character should be, you know? I mean he's basically the pride of English media. I mean <clears throat> Wait, he, English he, or British. Yeah, British. Okay, English, sure. Because so. it can be a Scottish Sorry I'm not cultured. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like part of the movie took place in Norway and the other part in Italy. So Yeah. Didn't something I'm happen in Prague, too? Recent... Or not, not this movie. Not this movie. Just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Sorry. Um, well, Perry, yeah, are, you I think... are you tired of James Bond? <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> Not kind of tired. Awful. Just, just uh, not tired of James... Well, actually, honestly, honestly, if you're asking, I am kind of tired of James Bond since I've watched so many the last few days. I see. I'm, right. I'm just fueled. I'm fueled for more. <laughs> like, are I'm you? ready for the next one. Yeah. Well, I can I, never get tired of James Bond. I am glad that they put a bunch of them on Hulu, like, right when they did. I was needing to yeah, watch did, yeah. a bunch of them. Because so, I thought I was going to have to, like, pay for some. 
So, That'd yeah, be, now there's a bunch awful. on Hulu, which is great. So if you guys have Hulu and want to watch some Bond movies, check them out. Uh, the PG is not necessarily accurate. Just keep that in mind. Um. <laughs> no. If you want to see some, misogyn- some misogyny and treating women like objects, though, that is in there. <laughs> yeah. Especially the old but, ones. But, big, yeah, big respect to what they tried with No Time to Die. I feel like they yeah. they didn't change. I feel like we talked about this a little bit, Wes, like like two years ago when we were talking about the movies we were most anticipating in 2020. Um, it was, yeah. We, this was one of them, and we talked about how they had like been pretty outspoken about like changing the the stigma of Bond being such a womanizer and, and yeah, being the misogynistic uh, franchise. And at the time we talked about it, we were like worried. We're like, we're like, they can't change like who Bond is completely like it, you know, like they can change, like there's parts that they can change, you know, and I'm just, after all that time, a long time ago, and it did finally come out in the theaters. I will say, I think they did a pretty good job of balancing it all. And yeah, kind of working to crush that stigma while also, you know, giving us the type of Bond character that we all know and love. So, yeah. And man, I guess a sad farewell. Some, so I was about to say something we haven't even mentioned yet is the ending. Like, how do we feel? Mm-hmm. How do we feel about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think the next person who takes up the Bond mantle will appreciate, believe it or not, the ending in The No Time to Die. Because I think it almost... It squashes any narrative that that, that it's the same person. Like this is not a pre, um, like a like a pre prequel to any other future Bond movie. It's just mm-hmm. an incarnation and another storyline of this character in a million different iterations. I think that killing him off at the end of this movie, as as unconventional as that was amongst the franchise, I think I think is okay because of the way we view the character in this in the in the film genre and um i think they'll appreciate that they can just have a clean start and not have to worry about anything Mm -hmm. that daniel craig did as well Mm -hmm. do you think that like was that the first time that's happened uh yeah that's the first time they killed him first bond death wow yeah yeah i was pretty uh i was pretty emo about it not gonna lie (laughs) like emo i knew it i could tell it was gonna happen the second the second those uh those blast doors closed closed again, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Actually, let me take that back. Um, I don't know if you guys feel like you caught this, but um, as I guess she became 008, right? I don't remember what her real name was. I think she came became 008. Is what they were calling her, um, Lady Bond. As Lady Bond was uh getting the the kind of wife i guess the girlfriend and the daughter out um did you notice that like the sun kind of like faded their faces out as they as bond went back in as that happened i was like and he's never seen them again so that's great um yeah but i think i mean nathan could probably speak more to this too i'm much more emotionally attached to daniel craig as bond than the other bonds mm-hmm. and so like just having to watch someone die that yeah. i was very attached to i was like you gotta be kidding mm-hmm. me man yeah. but at the same time we knew it was coming yeah i i kind of had a feeling that even before i ate watching any of the movie that based on like all the also the the narrative that they're going to change the way the character was viewed like you said sort of abolish the stigma around 
not just the way he treats women, but I think just like the character as a whole, I kind of felt like they were going to be very liberal with the plot. And I kind of felt like this was coming, especially because I think they wanted sort of a, a powerful resolution to the character arc that they established within just the Daniel Craig era of Bonds. And I do think we're going to start really seeing that with all the actors that continue to come along is that we will have an establishment of the character. And as the movies progress, hopefully you know, with cooperation from you know, the actors um, is that they're going to change. Um, and I don't know if Bond will ever sort of be allowed to be the character that he was written, because I think that one with moving times and just with what Daniel Craig's era has done is that the characters can evolve as the movies come out. Um, and I, I, like I said, I, I had a feeling that they were going to do something like this and, um, it, w- it was devastating to see my uh, my hero die, but it's okay. Mm. Yeah, I was I was getting a little emotional too. It's just like I just I don't know. I think I had let myself think that there was going to be a happy ending for him. I think I think maybe when he saw that he had a kid and like yeah, the other yeah. the, and then kind of figured out that okay, this was probably his child, even though she was saying it wasn't. Like. Mm-hmm. I think I just in my mind saw the movie ending with retirement. But yeah, I mean reality is if you're James Bond and you have the enemies that you have, I think that was uh, wishful thinking on my part that that could even be possible. Um yeah. and I think that like just seeing him come to conclusion, especially oh my gosh, oh, when he basically got like tie like when he got to the point where he's fighting the main villain who, you know, Remy Malik, I, I, I'm with you that I think he was a, a creepy character and like, but yeah, super underdeveloped. Um, so anyway, he didn't do a ton for me in that movie. I could have seen a lot more development on his end, but when he like basically ties like with his like micro bots or whatever things that he basically makes it. So if he, ever hugs or kisses like has any contact with either the wife or the daughter ever again then the like little nanobots will will like spread into their bodies and kill them because they were the targets like Mm -hmm. these this weapon if for anybody who hasn't seen it and if you're listening already you don't care about our spoilers um like this weapon basically can be programmed to once it gets into the body of of its target it will kill the kill the person um, but it's harmless to people who are not the target. So he programs the bad guy, like programs some, some little bots so that the target would be the girl and the daughter. And then he, at the end in their last fight, basically like spreads those programmed little bots, little robot things, uh, spreads them to bond and then tells him like, yeah, if you ever embrace your, your wife or daughter, they will die within seconds. And I was thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, what, what like how could you be in that situation and he's probably thinking at this point like well it's probably better that i die this way then because rather than have to live the rest of my life with the people i love but not able to embrace them um and so that's when it all started going downhill for me emotionally uh didn't have any tissues available but you know it was was tough it was tough yeah yeah it's just I mean, the he, hair of the he, person in front of me. He could have he could have just worn a mask. <laughs> Sorry. Do you think that, that that's how that works with the little bots? 
He could have worn like a hazmat suit for the rest of his life. Yeah, right? probably. Well, you, you know the produ- You know the producers of this movie when they had a, a, a practically a disease that goes from person to person and kills people. Was their plot and COVID happened? They're uh, like, oh crap! Yeah. They're like, we're that's gonna make sure. Gonna <laughs> that's actually why we, like, we gotta delay. We gotta delay the movie <laughs> so people don't think we're we're terrible human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was sad, man. It was sad. But pretty satisfying. Pretty satisfying, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Very, very satisfying. In in my in my opinion, it kind of felt like they really didn't want to have like a Dark Knight Rises ending on their hands where they blow up Bond, but everyone's kind of wondering, you know, is he still alive? And so I kind of felt like one was giving him the nanobots that would kill the only people he really cares about. And the fact that they, they gave him like the smart blood thing, which was used inspector to show that like his vitals were, were dead. I think they really just wanted to squash any narrative that bond would, would still be alive at the end of the movie. And I felt like that was probably intentional. I'm okay. I'm sad about it, but I'm, it gave me closure oddly. Hmm. Yeah. They wanted to kill any possibility that there would be another Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah, maybe that was Daniel's choice as well. Mm, could be. Also, let it be known, the only people that could kill Daniel Craig was a military armed with nuclear missiles. Mm. Practically. So, and it was basically just suicide. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's an L. Tough, dude. It's Take, take some tissues when you go to watch the movie. Um but all right, real quick, uh, Nathan, you've seen every Bond movie. What what uh-huh. what are your top five? Do you have a top five? Top top five. Um, one is is Skyfall. I think I think two is Casino Royale. I think uh, three would be Thunderball. I think four would be Doctor No, and five would be From Russia with Love. Mm, so only two actors are represented in that top five. I know. I'm I'm very I'm very opinionated about the people that's played Bond. <laughs> nice. What's your opinion what is, on Pierce Brosnan? I was just gonna ask. What are your least uh, bottom three? Bottom three of the people that play the no, uh, play the part or the movie? Well, the I movies. think we'd already narrowed it down to your bottom. No, of the movies. <laughs> uh, basically, um, I really don't like Moonraker. Uh, Die Another Day, which is a Brosnan. Moonraker is uh, Roger Moore, and who. Um, a view to a kill, which is another Roger Roger Moore one. I I don't, I really didn't like those three. Gotcha, gotcha. Wes, you want to add anything? Pierce Brosnan is just trash. That's what I want to add. I my my opinion about him is that he was he was a really good sort of person to play the part. He's a good looking. He can wear a suit. He can be an action star. But he, but he was so limited by the script and like sort of the style of the Bond movie that he was playing. Yeah. That he was just, he was goofy. The plots were terrible, and so it, overall, it makes his Bond look much worse. When he probably, in in my honest opinion, probably could have been one of the better ones. My experience mm. with Pierce Brosnan so far has been James Bond movies and Mamma Mia. So therefore, I have mm. little to zero <laughs> respect for him. <laughs> He's got to be in some good stuff, right? If you find it, I'll take it back. Uh, in a lot of TV shows, he was in Around the World in 80 Days, 1999. Um, was he really? 
Uh, let's see. Anything good on this list? The November man. Uh, there's got to be something. He's going to be hmm. in Black Adam in 2022. Um, he was in a movie called False Positive 2021. Is that about a pregnancy? I'm gonna. It's either about a pregnancy or about a COVID test. Uh, I don't. I don't see any big movies on this list other than that. Honestly, see, why is why do I feel like Brosnan is a big name? Weird. Because he was James Bond. I guess so. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that pretty much does. I. I don't honestly, since I've only seen like a limited number, I only have a limited number of things I can add for Bond discussions, but. Uh, it's nice to, to like kind of be moving on. I feel like I've been on this Bond phase for the last like two weeks of like I have to be watching Bond. And honestly, a lot of times Bond movies just leave me feeling yucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of the, a, a lot of the older ones. Uh, yeah. The newer one's not as bad. But uh, yeah, now, you know, what's next? What's next? A- any movies you guys have your eyes on that you're excited about coming out soon? Um, I just got opening night eternal tickets eternals tickets mm. with connor um, and then yep <laughs> and then while nathan and i were um in bond as they're doing the previews when spider-man came on i leaned over to him and said i'm literally going to sob this entire movie just because i'm so excited for it um <laughs> so i have not been yep. more excited for a movie other than spider so i'm let me okay so spider-man comes it's either december 7th or december 17th and i should probably really know um i have not been this excited for a movie since endgame came out so i'm going to lose my mind <laughs> nice i i really want to see uh dune though i don't really know the plot because i haven't read the book same but it, it, look, it looks well done and it's got good reviews and uh just an absolutely stellar cast so i feel like those things yeah. and plus Della's or excuse me Dennis Villeneuve is a, just a talented director, so I think it could be pretty good. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, he's a uh, he's phenomenal. We've seen Arrival. We've talked about Arrival. Yeah, yeah Arrival's great. Um, and he just he is known for big, spectacular, epic. Uh, the cinematography being big, and this is going to be no exception. I am so excited for Dune. I'm going to see it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently Wes 85 percent uh, of 20, 224 wow. 224 critic scores, 85% round tomatoes. Um, let me check the IMDb because that's really where you can tell like a little more about like exactly what people think of it. Uh, 8.3 rating out of 10. That's pretty high. I'm excited. Um, so I'll see that this weekend. So actually uh, on Saturday, I leave for Austin, Texas for the Austin Film Festival with my team. And I'll just be watching short films and some some independent features for a week straight pretty much all day every day uh, but at nights we were talking about going to see dune one night and then maybe the last duel one night as well mm-hmm. um i'm actually i've seen or i i'm looking at movies that are coming out this weekend and an animated movie called ron's gone wrong by oh yeah i've uh, seen previews for that t- randomly now yeah yeah by by Fox uh, Animation, I believe, or 20th Television Animation, something like that. People are liking it. It's 80-something percent uh, as well. People think it's fun, so maybe I'll watch that at some point um, just because I love animation, but I kind of thought it would be bad when I saw <laughs> trailers. Um, 
So anyway, yeah, definitely going to be watching a ton of movies and short films and stuff this week. And so next time we record, I can give maybe a little uh, a little recap on how the film festival was. But yeah, that's what's coming up. We're going to do uh, BMC on Dune, hopefully at some point, Wes, if we can get you out to watch it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what's next. Also, stay tuned, Banter Mites, for uh, our most recent interview that we did with Crude's director, Kirk D'Amico. That's coming out, I believe, next week. Stay tuned on the the Facebook or Instagram for exactly when that's coming out, but I believe the week after this releases. Super Super fun interview. First first time we've had an Oscar nomination, Oscar-nominated person in film on the show, so that was really cool to talk to him. So, take that, competitors. (laughs) <laughs> do we have competitors yep. perry <laughs> i don't know I, we're all just allies in the same game although there are That's only so many minutes there are only so many minutes in a day that people can lend us their ears um so in that exactly. sense then we uh, we do have competitors <laughs> but anyway we should sign this bad boy out fellas we that should. was the most we casual should. bond discussion probably of all time yeah no explosions like, yeah yeah. I, would you say we bonded? Okay. It's We're done now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. We're done now. I uh, love it. All right. Well, uh, that was a, that, Perry, that was a good, Perry, that was a good, um, that was a good transition? bond one-liner right there to end it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. That joke was from the Pierce Brosnan era of bonds. It definitely was. My bad. I saw the other day like a Watch Mojo YouTube video that was like the top ten best James Bond one-liners, and I was they all made me cringe in such a good way. Yep, it's pretty yep. good doing that. Like the the end of the Spy Who Loved Me where she's about to shoot him, uh, and instead of shooting him, when he says, "I do have one request before you kill me. Let's get out of these wet clothes," that immediately takes her mind off of shooting him and is like, "All right, sure." Let's just be lovers now. <laughs> and I'm not going to kill you anymore because of that quip. Very nicely done, sir. It's that easy, fellas. It's that easy. I think one of my favorites was, I think it's Dr. No, where he, or maybe it's Golden, Goldfinger. I don't remember. But it's the one where he throws like the fan into the bathtub and like electrocutes the guy. And he just says, shocking. <laughs> that's Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's wrap this up. Wes, who's going to do what? Uh, Stay hungry. Stay humble. Stay hydrated. 